0: Uh, Jake, if you're there, I'm here. Kimberly's here. That's all I'm saying. You got to push a button then we can go. Oh, we go. Look at that. Look at that. He doesn't even say anything. Look
1: cool. at us. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. I'm Kimberly Adams and welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. It's Monday, May the 22nd.
0: I'm Kyle Risdahl. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Today, we're going to do uh, what we usually do on a Monday, the News Fix. Uh, Let you know what's making a smile. Spoiler alert, nothing's making me smile today. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we'll send you on your way. I, it's not like I'm having a bad day. I just, nothing nothing hit me today, uh, you know? And I, that whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I had to say, I spent a lot of time on the internet today trying to look for some better news and, and was struggling myself, uh, right. but I, right. I found something right. moderately smiley that I'll contribute there later on. So um, we'll take
0: that one. But, but there is lots of news. Just if you have a look at our rundown, there's like eight links so in there. So much
1: news. Go ahead. I mean, my news is the news we've been talking about, which is that we still do not have a solution to the debt limit. And I'm going to just go ahead and start calling it a crisis now, because as we were saying just before the show, this looks real bad. This looks real bad. And I look, I'm not out here trying to like incite panic or anything like that, because as I said last week, we really don't know what this is going to look like. But as you said last week, all indications are that the economic consequences of this are going to be pretty dire. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of already past the point of a timely solution to this process. Because Uh even if they come up with the deal, it still has to pass the House and the Senate and be signed by the President of the United States. And we've laid out the problems that, you know, the Republicans are likely to encounter in the House, uh, that the Democrats are likely to encounter in the House. And aside from all of that, there is still no deal and over the weekend, the Republican demands got even more extreme. And this is quite the jump from an earlier discussion where the Biden administration was saying, look, this needs to be a clean bill to raise the debt ceiling. We don't usually do this. There was the outlier in the Obama administration. It went badly for everybody. Let's not do that again. And now we're not only in the same place that we have been, but almost worse.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the,
1: the article that mm-hmm. I have to contribute contribute to this is, is a Politico piece um, talking about that 2011 uh, <laughs> debacle, I guess mm-hmm. uh, you might call it. It was a deal, but it didn't end up with a an outcome that anybody really liked. You know, you had these budget caps that were determined, but then kind of ignored. Uh, it ended up still harming the economy, as we've talked about before. But this Politico piece looks at sort of what the takeaway lessons were from that 2011 uh, situation. And that one of the takeaways on the GOP side is that they can use this as leverage mm-hmm. for political gains. And, you know, that's what they're doing again. Anyway, it's it's, a, it's an interesting analysis sort of um, – <laughs> breaking out what went down then in case anybody wants a refresher, what the outcome was, what worked, what didn't, and sort of what the takeaways by both parties have been, whether they be good or bad. So, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's a mess. I just, I don't even know what to say. It's going to be horrifically, horrifically, economically terrible. Millions of jobs will be lost. Uh, companies will stop spending, individuals will uh, be in dire straits, and I, I, for the life of me, I don't, uh, what, yeah. You know? I think, sorry, let me get a little more serious here. There are clearly members of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives who believe it is okay to not threaten to default, but actually to do it, to drive Mm -hmm. the bus off the cliff. And I honestly don't understand that. Because, as I said the other day, in in ranty terms, and I'll try to be less ranty right now, this will be really, really bad. Interest rates will go up. Millions of people will lose their jobs. And economically, it will take us a huge step backward. And I don't understand why that's okay with some members of the Republican House caucus. I I don't get it. It does not. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I, I should probably clarify that when I say that in the House there are going to be problems on the GOP and the Democratic side, they are, they are not the same problems. On the GOP right, side, right, right. it's what right. you describe, uh, the willingness to default. And on the Democratic side, it's an unwillingness to A, attach <clears throat> any kind of big policy changes to the debt limit increase. or. You know, they don't want to cut SNAP benefits or they don't want to add work requirements for public programs, that these are things that should be discussed separately in bills actually related to those policies. So these are not the same things, Um, but the leverage is, is what's being used. Yep. Anyway, and I yep. and I and I know we don't often like to cross post the shows, but um, everybody should go and listen to Kai's show today, which had a special oh, talking about the debt <laughs> limit, how we got there, and and really about how we make money in this country literally right. make right. money um and i know that as you said it's richard cunningham and maria hall and nancy fargali who did all the yep. work but it's worth listening to yep. if anybody hasn't yet yeah. uh
0: you
1: what's that. your news
0: uh wait do you not want to talk about the water thing because the water thing is huge
1: well, I was going to let you do one and then I was going to do another, but I'll talk about the water thing, oh, since yeah, it directly yeah, relates yeah. to you in California. Yeah, it's sure. it's a huge deal. So today there was a, another deal that actually has been negotiated mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about water in the Colorado River Basin. And this the water crisis out west has been ongoing for years, and it's a little bit of a preview of some of the conflicts that we are going to be having around the world and definitely within this country in the future as a result of global warming and the climate crisis. So there's a group of seven Colorado River Basin states. Three of them in the lower basin states have come to an agreement and the rest of the states are like, we kind of like the looks of this. So for now, let's let's go with this. And it is a deal that would basically reduce the amount of consumption and hopefully um, conserve about 3 million acre feet of water. This is a measurement I didn't know about Mm -hmm. until today. Acre, million acre feet of water through 2026. One of the ways that they were able to come to this deal is because y'all had a pretty wet winter out Mm -hmm. west. Mm -hmm. And that gave everybody a little bit more cushion, making the sort of stakes of the deal a little less scary. But even in this note, they acknowledge in in the letter attached to this they acknowledge, and I'm just going to read this. Finally, the seven states recognize that having one good winter does not solve the systemic challenges facing the Colorado River. We strongly encourage reclamation to advance the process for development of new operating guidelines. And I, I can't impress enough that as hard as this was, in the within the United States, where they had looming over them the threat of the federal government stepping in to say, "If you all can't decide how to allocate the water amongst yourself, the federal government is going to do it for you, and nobody wanted that." I, I hope people will take a moment to think about what this is going to look like when it's played up among countries., um, yeah. you know, in East Africa, this is an ongoing issue uh, in parts of Asia, there are constant conflicts over water and those are going to get worse as the planet continues to heat up so that's my news i mean i have Absolutely. to imagine this is a huge story where you are
0: it, it is huge water is the new oil just to the larger geopolitical thing but yeah this is huge out here and and uh i think as you pointed out the key thing is that we all now recognize this this is not normal what we're doing out here and it's not sustainable and so we have to change our ways and i think that's that's fundamentally a good thing you know yeah uh okay so, my news, a couple updates, uh, a personal anecdote, and, and then the big news. Actually, one uh, one quick uh, uh, update. As we predicted last week on this podcast, and as everybody uh, who was not the governor of the great state of Montana predicted, <laughs> um, TikTok has, in fact, sued the state of Montana and its governor, Gianforte for blocking TikTok. Yes, it's a violation of the First Amendment. Let's move on, because this one's not going to hold up and... Oh, my Lord, are we wasting our time, and political posturing is just the bane of our society today, and one of many banes. Anyway, look, TikTok is troubling, and ban it on government devices and all that jazz, but this was not the way to to get people to think seriously about TikTok. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Item two, I think I have related on this pod before. My experience going down to Argentina last summer and inflation down there and how we had to bring crisp new... $100 One hundred dollar American bills to change for pesos down there because it is a cash economy because inflation is so bad. Well, inflation is well over one hundred percent on an annualized basis down there now, and they have just today or this week actually introduced a two thousand peso bill. So when we would, so I took my family down there because we had a kid studying uh, in in Buenos Aires last summer. And so we went down there, we took the, the crisp new American bills and, and my son who was studying there took them to his guy, he had a guy, uh, to, to change it into pesos. And the biggest peso bill was a thousand pesos. And we literally carried around bricks of thousand peso notes to pay for, again, I'm using this word, but I mean it, literally everything, everything. Mm big dinner fancy dinner which was remarkably cheap because inflation's terrible down there and it's cheap if you're using currency american currency bricks and bricks and bricks of thousand peso notes they have just this week introduced a two thousand peso note because inflation is so bad down there two thousand pesos is worth about four bucks this is what hyperinflation looks like and this if you really stretch the metaphor is what's in the back of jay powell's mind not that inflation is going mm. to go to 100%, but that it's, that it's going to be sticky and it's going to change behaviors and then it's going to become a problem. So Argentina. I was going to make some, some don't cry for me joke. <laughs> but, but I won't. Yeah. But I won't. I'm not going to. I'm not going um, to. Anyway, you? so that's that. That's that. Uh, and then here's the real thing. So this morning, apparently, this is wild and bad and scary, scary, scary. There was some uh, tweet... AI generated that talked about, and this did not happen, to be clear, this did not happen, talked about an explosion at the Pentagon. And it got picked up on Twitter, because Twitter is a cesspool now, and retweeted by some verified accounts. And remember, verification means nothing on Twitter anymore, right? Markets dipped a little bit. They bounced right back, but markets dipped a little bit. And there was a general state of agita until the Department of Defense came out and said, there was no explosion here.
1: And the verification thing is really key, um, because one of the accounts that supposedly tweeted this mm-hmm. had the logo, and it said Bloomberg feed, mm-hmm. it had the logo, a logo that looked very much like Bloomberg's logo, mm-hmm. and it had the little blue verification check mark. And it obviously was not anything to do with Bloomberg, and... Look, the AI is getting better and I've (laughs) I've talked about this here before and I've I've taught it in the the class that I teach about government and media. This is going to be such a huge problem when it comes to our elections. Um, I know from um, my conversations with people in the political consulting industry that the political consultants are already talking about not just how to use it, but also how to protect their candidates from it. Because if you can imagine, you know how viral a gaffe video or a secretly recorded yep. conversation yep. goes, you know, in the old times. Imagine now when one of those conversations, which is fake,
0: right.
1: how that goes viral. Or even if a conversation that's real goes viral, and then the candidate says it's fake, how are we going to know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. it, it's 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 a problem. Totally
0: it's a problem. None of this is great. None of this is great. Maybe this is why I couldn't find anything to make me smile. (laughs) Do your thing. All right, you go, because you're it.
1: I mean, there was that thing that somebody posted in Slack about capybaras, which was very cute, and how like the capybaras soaking in the sauna and how adorable they are, which, you know, why not? cute (laughs) rodents of unusual size i was was (laughs) just gonna say your
0: definition of cute is different than my definition of cute but you go with it
1: yes the real life rodents of unusual size Yeah, um but they're they're cute when they're like floating in the water and like not near me but whatever anyhow that wasn't actually my smile but it was very cute and i appreciate slack for that my make me smile is a story in the associated press about Mississippi just skyrocketing in the rankings for children's literacy rates. So Mississippi oh, and many of the southern states used to be some of the worst ranked in the nation when it came, came to children's literacy. And over the last few years, they have adopt, adopted, you know, research science based techniques mm-hmm. that improve children's ability to read and, and um our parent company has a podcast on this sold a story that gets into this too. But these states have implemented strategies that are proven to work. And if you look at the chart in this AP story, you can see the reading rates for fourth graders just rocketing hmm. up on this chart. And not only are they implementing these new strategies that help children read more, but they're in, you know, implementing more te- more ways to sort of see very early on if kids have, you know, learning disorders like ADHD or dyslexia or something that that like that that might be Preventing them from fully grasping the information, they're putting kids into summer mm. literacy camps to help them improve their reading, and it works. You know, that's cool. and it works. That's very. And cool. I think you know, for so long, a lot of these states in the deep south have just you know they they end up at the bottom of all the listings yeah. of quality of life and and especially around children and poverty, and so to see folks implementing strategies that are proven to be good for kids and that work for kids and then to see the results you know sometimes we do what we're supposed to be doing and it works and that's that's great great. that's cool and knock on wood it continues so yay to children reading hopefully they'll be reading books and not just like clips on TikTok or whatever well, the social media platforms. Pod- one, one step, step at, at a
0: time. One step at a time. Keep
1: it keep it smiley. Keep it smiley. So That's anyway, right. yes. That's I'm right. smiling about that today. <laughs> there you go. All, All right. right, let me let me quit while awesome. I'm ahead. That is it for today. We're going to be back tomorrow with our weekly deep dive. And this week, we're going to reflect on the legacy of the COVID-19 pandemic now that the public health emergency is over. Remember that ended on May 11th, and some things have changed officially but we're going to be looking at sort of what has and hasn't changed um, for us as a society and, and a culture.
0: Until tomorrow or the next time uh, that you hear our voices, if you've got a question or a comment or a suggestion, leave us a voicemail, would you? 508-UBSMART, uh, 508-UBSMART. Or you can email us at makemesmartatmarketplace.org.
1: Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Jake Cherry. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter, and our intern is Antonio Barreras.
0: Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts, and Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. I'm going to die on that note. <laughs>
1: Speaking of hills, I went mountain biking for the first time this weekend, oh, did you? and I feel like you I'm going to die. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But also,
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die. Fun.
0: That's fun. I love mountain biking. It's great.
1: Yeah, I'm, it's going to be a little bit before I try that again. <laughs> Just, uh, it's going to take me Fair a bit to recover. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Oh, man.
1: We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey